Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. The captain delivers late in Game 7. The thing that burns him is wanting to win a Stanley Cup. That's a win-win-win for the organization and a win-win-win for the people of Edmonton. Leon Dreisaitl, 50th of the year. This is exciting for the fans of Edmonton. They deserve it. Jay Woodcroft has done an amazing job. The people in our organization got a taste for playing hockey in the month of June, but I don't think anybody's satisfied with just that. Connor McDavid has won the Battle of Alberta for Edmonton in overtime. And this is Oilers Now. With Bob Stoffer, brought to you by World of Spas, Edmonton's number one hot tub and swim spa dealer. The ideal place to start your daily vacation. Now, Bob Stoffer on the official station of your Edmonton Oilers. 6.30, Chad. You know it ain't my time to call it a day. I want to crack on and I want to be famous. About time you remember the name, hey, hey. Stuart Skinner getting paid yesterday. The Edmonton Oilers not getting the win, however. It was a, well, <laughs> it was referenced as a mud puddle, uh, the part of the season that the Oilers are in right now, uh, yesterday by Ken Holland on the show. Last night's game kind of felt like a bit of a mud puddle. It was, uh, was one they needed to claw back in three different times, and they did, but they couldn't edge it out in overtime. Nashville handing Edmonton a third straight loss. It is Brendan Escott in today on Oilers Now, brought to you as always by World of Spas. Aching after a long day, World of Spas offering tubs designed with your relief in mind. Rest, recover, and relax with World of Spas. Alberta's number one swim spa dealer. Visit worldofspas.com. Busy one for you today. We will hear from Bob pretty shortly uh, in, well, shortly into the show, I guess. Uh, Ten minutes or so from now, we'll check in um, in Nashville. I guess they're in uh, Dallas officially. No, Bob's flying from Nashville to Dallas. That's why you're hearing from me today. It's the dad's trip. The dad's occupying Bob's seat on the plane, so Bob's flying commercial like you and I would. Um, but anyway, we will hear from him. We'll get his thoughts, and uh, we'll get the injury report as well here in this first half hour. Uh, daily face-offs, Frank Valley for the horses and horse racing Alberta. Frank coming up at 1235. We'll go all around the league, and of course, a, a large look at, at Edmonton's shortcomings and where the roster needs to be bolstered, because I think you and I both know if this team's going to push anywhere near as close as they did last year toward the Stanley Cup, they need a couple more uh, bodies here. Simply put. And we can discuss that at 780-496-0063. That's the Ashley Fine Floors text line. Get the new fi- uh, floors you've always wanted. Ashley Fine Floors, 143rd Street, 111th Avenue, or head to ashleyfinefloors.com for more. Uh, again, overtime loss. So they've picked up three points, but uh, over the last three games, it just has not been the types of results, uh, certainly against the types of teams. When you look at Anaheim and you look at the eight consecutive wins, uh, maybe statistically they were due for a loss against Nashville, but bottom line is it's a team they handled with ease for the most part, and, uh, you know, 
wasn't the same case last night. So we're, we're in the, the dog days of it a bit. It's minus 32 outside, and it kind of feels like the dog days of the Oilers' season right now. The results are uh, middling. They're 17-14-2. They're fourth in the division, eighth in the conference, just a plus-four goal differential so far on, on the season. So... You know, it's uh, it's not quite the same story as it was last year. After a 16-5 and start, implemented a lot of hope kind of out of the gate. It's been grounded in reality, I would say, for most of this first third coming up on, uh, you know, that part of the season. We're well past American Thanksgiving now, and Edmonton has failed to gain any separation anywhere along the line. Now, what I am interested to hear, and I'll ask Frank Cervalli about this, is when you see Ken Holland starting to make some of these moves, inking Stuart Skinner, locking in a reasonable price point, getting a little bit more organizational depth in the sense that now you can bring Jason Demers up if need be from the minor leagues, goes from the American League deal over the weekend to the NHL deal. So some movement but not the kind that's going to satisfy you on the text line, I'm sure. There's got to be more moves made. I don't think they've got enough horses right now. I'm not sure that Evander Kane by himself is going to be able to do this the same way that he kind of did to inject the life middle of the way through last year when he returns from injury. What kind of player can we expect him to be after that sort of injury? If that's what we're relying on, I'm worried about this team's um, chances down the stretch. If you can add a defenseman, I think things change a little bit. But it's a matter of which one you're going to spend the money on. So, again, lots of time to discuss that with Frank coming up at 12.35. Uh, lots of daily face-off content today. Stephen Ellis jumping on after the 1 o'clock news. We'll talk World Juniors. Canada opening up uh, pre-tournament action against Switzerland yesterday out on the East Coast, and they whooped them 6 nothing. So, so thoughts on that. We'll actually hear from Zach Ostopchuk, who is uh, uh, one of the five Edmonton area talents, 11 WHL players on Team Canada, five from the Edmonton area. Uh, we will talk with Zach Ostopchuk later on. Pre-taped interview, it was on Inside Sports on Friday night, but if you missed it, you'll hear it uh, right here this afternoon at 1.35. You want to call us, you can do so on the River Cree Resort Casino Hotline, 780-496-0063 is that number as well. Merry Christmas from your River Cree family. Join the River Cree on December 25th. Swipe your uh, player's club card and you went up to a million points. And everyone who swipes their card on Christmas Day will receive at least 5,000 Players Club points. Excitement, bet on it at the River Cree. We are on Twitter as well, at Oilers Now, a show, um, and then Bob is at Bob underscore Stoffer. Myself, at Brendan Escott. That's Brendan with N-E. Top story today brought to you by Legacy Heating and Cooling. Whether it's heating or cooling you need, get it with no payments and no interest for a year. That's how you build a legacy. Legacy Heating and Cooling. Two more power play goals for this team last night. Ryan Nugent Hopkins having a resurgent season offensively, already up to 17 markers. And the team's power play right now at 32.8%. Tracking to be the best ever. We know that over the last five years, if you want to break it down in five-year segments, it's also tracking to be, you know, historically great. Look at the players. Of course it is. But this year in particular, 32.8%. It has been white hot recently, and it's been um, keeping the team in games. Even if they haven't been able to win all of these games outright or draw two points from them, they have at least been able to lean on that and, and draw a point or two. So while the team finds its footing, you know that 
that at least that much is going to be consistent. Let's get to the audio recap of last night's game in Nashville. It's the first of two, against Central Division opponents on the road this week. It is the dad's trip. This uh, audio recap brought to you by Direct Workwear, featuring Edmonton's largest selection, unbeatable prices, and customer service that makes you feel like family Cam and Bob on the call last night. Oilers start a two-game road trip, and it begins with the Nashville Predators. Cross to Bouchard up the right side for Drysaddle. Had nowhere to go with it. Now Niederreiter is going to bring it in. He'll come down the right wing. The shot save. Rebound scores! Up the right wing is Pugliarvi. Comes into the Predators and he'll put it on goal! Scores! Yes, a Pugliarvi down the right wing! He goes five hole on Soros and this game's tied at one. Uh, yes, a Pugliarvi needed that break and he got it. And that is his first goal in 25 games. Shot from the left point. Scores! side will bring it in. He'll drop the puck to Barry. Right wing to McDavid. He'll go towards the goal in front of the net. Scores! Ryan Nugent Hopkins! He got the pass in front of the net. Fires it in and the Oilers on the power play have tied this game at two. Granlund will skate up towards the Oiler blue line. We'll give the puck to Duchesne. Down the left wing. He'll put it on net. Scores! Matt Duchesne goes right upstairs. The Predators are up three. That's a great goal by Duchesne. I mean, he changes the angle of the shot. Unable to get to it in time was McDavid. Now he gets it to Nugent Hopkins. He'll shoot. Scores! Ryan Nugent Hopkins off the post and in. And this game's tied at three. Well, think of the year that Ryan had last year. 11 goals. He only had one power play goal all season. He's got two power play goals in this game. He's up to 17 goals on the season. Barry will get it out, and that skips off the stick of Nugent Hopkins. He'll catch up to it. Into the predator zone on the left wing. It's shoved off of it, and it comes across, and Glass has to take it in behind his net. Long pass up to Carrier. Carrier with Deshane. He'll shoot. Scores. Winners blue line change. So there's been giveaways, you know, by by top minute defensemen that have cost this team games recently. There was a, a blown line change that was identified not only by Bob there, but on the television broadcast as well. Like these are glaring issues that should not be happening to experienced players on this team, and certainly not at that juncture of the game. So for for fans that are frustrated out there right now by this stretch in particular, like you are absolutely justified in that. Should that first shot have gotten past Jack Campbell. I would contest to you that it shouldn't have. And how many times have we said that over the course of his his tenure so far? Something has to change here. He looks small and pucks get through him. I, I, I just don't know what else to say about it. I mean, you feel for the guy, but at the same time, it is difficult night in and night out to watch the same brand of goals getting past him. And we're deep and deeper and deeper into this season right now. So what I love about the Stuart Skinner contract 
call me crazy, but it kind of locks this situation in for the next three years and that as Skinner is cool and calm as he's been, you know, I, I still don't look at this and say there's a goaltending problem, but if Skinner wasn't playing the way that he is, then I wouldn't be singing that same tune. So let me know what you think about that. 780-496-0063. We can keep the conversation going there all throughout the show. Jay Woodcroft had a couple thoughts, of course, on last night's game. It seemed like a seesaw battle a little bit. Uh, we were never able to get the lead on them. Um, but uh, I thought our team fought hard. Um, you know, in the end, it was decided in the overtime. Better tip the cap to Yasapoyarvi for throwing the puck on net. I mean, how many times have has there been a, a show or a time pass on a, one of these shows where you're saying, just do more like that. Engage yourself, and even if it is just a, a Hail Mary hope and a prayer, get it towards the goal, and it actually worked out for Pugliarvi last night. Ryan Nugent Hopkins says. Great. It was, it was great. I mean, he's uh, he's been working hard, um, shooting the puck a lot, and uh, to see him make a nice play at the blue line and uh, put that one in. And, also a big, big goal for our team at that time too. So um, we're definitely happy for him. And uh, I think everybody was pretty excited on the bench. Lots of back and forth. Again, Edmonton kept having to sort of chase it and tie it and chase it and tie it. And Woodcroft talked about that. Yeah, I think it speaks to the character of our group, uh, the leadership of our group that, um, you know, we believe uh, even if you've given up a goal that you can get right back at things. And, uh, you know, uh, you know the types of goals that we scored tonight. I thought were uh, very good. We got contributions from a lot of people, um, and uh, you know, it, you know, came into a tough building, got a point. We're ready to to take that and move on now. It won't be easy. Dallas, actually, the second best team in the Western Conference. They've crept right up there. So uh, tomorrow's challenge will not be an easy one. And Woodcroft talked about finding consistency here after uh, losing three straight. We want to win the game. And, um, you know, we had the opportunity to win all three of those games. We we haven't found it. But for me, um, you know, this game could have gone either way. Uh, in the end, they made a play in overtime and, and they found a way to, to uh, get the extra point. But uh, as I said earlier, I, th I thought our team fought hard today. You just think based on the evidence of the last few years, Edmonton in overtime, the kinds of horses that they're able to deploy, you think they've got a pretty good shot. And then, you, you know, this is where you really... You get frustrated about things like a blown line change because that is well within your control. Again, Nugent Hopkins talking about pulling out of a three-game deficit. St. Louis game was uh, we all we all felt like we should have got that uh, second point there. So again, a bit of a frustrating result, but Anaheim we worked and worked and we couldn't find an extra one. So um, we got to stick with it. I mean, it's a long season. You can go through uh, adversity like this, but I mean, it's the way that you bounce back from adversity um, that kind of shows the. the uh, the character of your team so um, obviously looking for a big one in, in Dallas dad's on the trip you know they want to show out for the old men that are there too they look pretty good in the cowboy hats last night <laughs> pretty amusing when we come back we will be joined by the regular host of this show Bob Stoffer. he'll give us the James H. Brown injury report and of course his assessment of that 4-3 overtime loss last night this is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio, 630 Jed. Still trying to track Bob down. He might uh, he might still be out in Nashville. I don't know. 
<laughs> I hope the plane hasn't left yet. That's all I'm going to say about it. Right now, though, we'll go to uh, NHL Today for our friends at Elite Promotional Marketing, your local branded merchandise specialist. Head to ElitePromoMarketing.com. Uh, eight more games in the league tonight. Toronto is hosting Tampa Bay. Winnipeg entertains Ottawa without the services of goaltender Connor Hellebuck. He's out with a, a non-COVID-related illness. When are we going to stop with that distinction? I don't know. Later, Calgary visits San Jose. That might be an interesting one because Sharks forward uh, Tomas Hurdle suspended two games for high-sticking Elias Lindholm on the weekend. And the Flames placed Dennis Gilbert on injured reserve after Jonah Gadjevic basically rearranged his face with a couple of right hands in a fight over the weekend. It was ugly. Um, they lost, did San Jose, Luke Cunning, by the way, this just across the wire, to an ACL injury. Cunning, who was playing pretty darn well, the former Minnesota Wild. He is out with a torn ACL done for the year. Former journeyman goaltender Andrew Hammond announcing his retirement from the NHL yesterday. Team Canada, as I mentioned, knocked off Switzerland 6-0 last night in its first World Junior uh, tune-up game. Bakersfield visiting the Colorado Eagles tonight, and the Edmonton Oil Kings have hit the holiday break. I blew that one yesterday, but they return to action on the road against Red Deer next Tuesday. They are in the midst of a 10-game losing streak, so probably a good time for the holiday break for those boys to head back home regroup get a nice meal and then um, continue the rebuilding season right this is uh, a high character uh, or a high ask in terms of the character required to compete this year after what was three glorious glorious years for the oil kings 7804960063 uh brendan campbell was not the problem last night the first goal that you blame on him was 100 percent on the forwards not coming back to cover the slot like they're supposed to at the time of that first goal six of the last eight goals against were because of forwards not covering their men in the defensive zone the other two were evan bouchard the biggest problem this year is forwards flying zone leaving opponents uncovered you are not the only person Andrew that has tried to draw my attention to this problem okay and it's not I won't highlight any specific Oilers players because it's probably most of them that are thinking if I can get out of the zone for offense a little bit even if it's a half step sooner then that's the tendency and right now you know if Jay Woodcroft's the kind of coach who's going to coach to score the next goal so be it. But somebody out there has to be responsible for your own end when your goal differential is plus four. Period. End of story. Two highest scoring players in the league and the team's goal differential is plus four. That means, Andrew, you're probably right about something there. Now, I don't think that Campbell has stopped enough pucks this year, and I do think that it's been glaring enough that you could attribute a couple more points in the standings to that substandard play. I don't think he would tell you anything different. I'm not going to say last night specifically, of course, but you and I would probably agree on that. What scares me about Holland, says Tyler, is uh, isn't him making a trade. It's the... Um, hmm. It's made me feel like I should do a little PSA. I don't really understand what you're trying to say there. Uh, Mike and Drum Heller would love a redo on Nurse's contract. I'm sure a few people feel that way, absolutely. Brandon from Windsor. Uh, I feel like if Holland waits to the trade deadline to improve this team, they will be too far out of it. That's kind of where my worry is, genuinely, 
is that as other teams start to identify themselves as buyers, is Edmonton going to do the same quickly enough that they're able to be in on some of these markets? Are you a baseball fan, by the way? Like, have you watched the the Toronto Blue Jays have basically been in on everybody for the last couple of years? Top of the list, trade deadline, free agency, Toronto Blue Jays making a push, and you never really hear about anything usually coming to fruition like you don't want to be that team right so if you're going to get in on people like let's let's get in and let's get a deal or two done here because i don't think that last year or the year before i was was okay saying well you know we're gonna run uh, we're gonna see connor mcdavid and leon dryside will end up leaving town with nothing here if they don't commit to winning and the addition, of course, of Hyman and Kane, those guys, that's a commitment to winning by the, the franchise and, and by management and that sort of thing. But here we are again, middle of the road, eighth in the West, just about halfway through another hockey season, having a very similar conversation. So what do you do to address the depth? And when do you push all your chips into the middle of the table? Frank Saravalli is going to come by very shortly here, and we'll talk about some of the names that should be available to most teams, and we'll find out which of those names Edmonton's in on, which perhaps is the most realistic for them to actually go in on. Is it a third-line center? Is it a left-shot defenseman? Can they find a way to get both? I don't know. You tell me. 780-496-0063. Get some thoughts from Daily Face Sauce, Frank Saravalli from the Horses, Horse Racing Alberta after a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. Canada may be known for its landscapes and friendly people, but beneath the surface lies a darker side of crime, history, and the paranormal. Since 2017, the award-winning Dark Poutine podcast has explored the shadowy corners of the Great White North and beyond, delivering chilling tales from a uniquely Canadian perspective. Hosted by Mike Brown and Matthew Stockton with over 300 episodes and fresh releases every Monday, Dark Poutine is your weekly ticket to the creepier side of Canada. Listen to Dark Poutine on Apple, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcasts.